Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am a careers advisor and a career happiness mentor. This is the second season of the podcast. So if you haven't already listened to all 26 episodes from season one, please go back and check out the list of episodes that are relevant to you. In this season, we'll be talking to more exciting and interesting guests. I'll be talking about job hunting and how you can get noticed more on LinkedIn and be more visible so that you can get a promotion and pay rise. We will also be looking at confidence, self-worth, and also how you can be career happy in relation to your health and overall well-being. So if you are looking for some inspiration in your career and you want to move forward into the next phase for 2020, please stay tuned and listen to the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode, Shoma Hair. So this episode's going to be a little bit different um, compared to the normal solo episodes I do because I will be talking about a topic. I'll be trying to give you some um, kind of mini tips to help you with this but also I want to tackle the fact that this is something that is a lot more common than people realise but it's also something that I think a lot of people feel an enormous amount of not pain but shame around um I know myself (laughs) I felt a lot of shame around this one for many many years because I felt like um in a way that when I was feeling this way I was a failure and a lot of the time um it's not about that it's about the fact that we're learning and we're growing and these feelings they're real feelings and they're part of who we are and you know it's important to acknowledge but if we um become down on ourselves or if we you know self-sabotage or self-criticize and I know I am sometimes still in danger of um, self-sabotage, you know, I make sure I have awareness around this and I have practices to help me with this. But imposter syndrome is something that I think, you know, we're talking about it and, it, and it's being spoken about and it's really, really good that we're talking about it, but we're not necessarily acknowledging how much of an impact it has on us, um, not just within a workplace context, but within our lives as well, because it has into some of my um, life uh, goals and sometimes um, we can even feel comparison because of imposter syndrome. So I firstly just want to take a couple of minutes to talk a little bit about what imposter syndrome is and please note that I'm not going to actually get to a dictionary definition just yet. I'm going to just talk in my own words what I've observed and what I felt like when I've had imposter syndrome and what's come up with my clients firstly and then I'm going to read the dictionary definition to home in and talk more about it but whenever I felt like um, I've had imposter syndrome or I've felt imposter syndrome I felt like a fraud like I'm not good enough I felt like you know my abilities my skills my talents you know what am I kind of doing here how did I end up here and Because of those kind of feelings, I've often doubted my ability to not only do a job or do do the job, I've um, lacked confidence 
and I've not been in a position to speak up for myself. And the blog post that I um, wrote about this in terms of my redundancy story, because it did happen to me after I was made redundant and I got a new job, it's in alignment with the fact that, you know, I was redeployed and I got a job really, really quickly. And even if, even though I'd not been successful in my kind of redundancy um, selection process, because I'd had a new job and I'd started a new job and I'd been redeployed and it, and it was very quick, I felt like I didn't deserve that redeployment. I felt like a fraud and I felt like a fake and I felt like even though I was qualified and I was a careers advisor and I had all this experience I had no place being there because I hadn't even managed to pass the redundancy process like something was not fitting something was not aligning and I was really really down on myself and I know a lot of people can relate to these feelings different things happen sometimes somebody has a baby or um, someone comes in who thinks differently and they look at them and they compare themselves to that person and they think, oh my God, this person comes in with all these great ideas and I don't have any of these great ideas. I do my job really, really well, but I have a different way of thinking and so that comparison can come in. But also you feeling like a fraud can occur (laughs) or you feeling like, you know, you don't belong there, like you're an imposter occurs when you... um, are in a job or in a career and your ways of thinking your ways of doing things are different and there is a lot of information on the internet about imposter syndrome and I'll and I'll put in a couple of links and articles that I think will be relevant for you to read but before I do that I'm just going to read what the dictionary dictionary definition of imposter syndrome is and I'm just going to read it out Um, So according to the Oxford Dictionary, the imposter syndrome is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skills. So people suffering from imposter syndrome may be at an increased risk of anxiety, it says at the bottom underneath the definition, which is quite interesting, and I've put it as a noun. So this kind of fits into what I was just saying about me thinking, okay, you know, I'm qualified, I've got these skills, I've got this experience, what am I doing here? How did I deserve this? Because I didn't get that right, so how can I even be here, you know? What makes me good enough to be working as a careers advisor for the community um, in the borough that I was working at the time because I couldn't even, you know, pass the, um, the written format that was needed to get through the redundancy process? And... A lot of the emotions that I felt at the time is I felt really out of place. I questioned my ability, not only as a career advisor, but I questioned my ability to be able to um, give correct careers advice and guidance because I just kept on comparing myself to everyone else who had been picked on that team. And I kept on comparing myself to the fact that I perhaps thought that maybe careers advice, maybe being in education was not the right fit for me. And it's interesting that they put at the bottom maybe an increased risk of anxiety because I actually started to get anxiety more in the workplace around that time. What I didn't realise, and I've spoken about mental health on this episode, or not on this episode, on this podcast before, is I'd been suffering from anxiety since I was a kid, since after my dad had died, but I'd managed to hide it well. And I thought it was kind of like normal to be a little bit anxious and to worry and to um, always be really, really nervous about things. I didn't realise that it was anxiety 
I'd coupled it down to the fact that maybe because I was introverted, it's normal to be a little bit like worried and anxious all the time. But that was the time where actually, for me, I'd noticed as an adult, I was beginning to really, really amplify and understand that maybe I did have anxiety and maybe, you know, because I'd suffered from depression after I'd gone through redundancy and I wasn't selected, um, that actually mm, maybe there is something in it. And what I see with the women that I work with and that I want to share with you in this episode today is that a lot of them do feel very anxious when they're going through imposter syndrome because they are ruminating. And for those of you who don't know what rumination is, it's when we have the same thought and we keep on thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. A lot of people who are anxious do this. Um, so for example one of your thoughts could be if you've got to give a talk or if maybe you've been given um, a presentation to do or you know you're seeing somebody do a really really good piece of work and you're thinking I have to go next oh my god what they said was so amazing what they said is so brilliant you know they went to um, such and such university and I only went here and I don't have this and I don't have that oh my god like like, are people really gonna take me seriously These are some of the thoughts and feelings that I have heard from some of my clients. Tapping into that even more, some of the things I've heard from them that really kind of like upset me, but I can fully resonate with, is they say to me that, Soma, you know, um, I really love my job, but one of the reasons why I feel that I'm not suited to this career is because I am not, um, you know, when I'm talking... I have more of a different communication style and I do things this way and I don't do things that way and because I'm not assertive enough or aggressive enough um, and my approach is to just listen and observe or et cetera, et cetera, people don't take me seriously. And I feel really, really sad when I hear things like that from clients because it's not that they're not good at their job, they just have different ways of thinking and um, I find that frustrating because for me, everyone has different communication styles. And, you know, I've done an episode previously about communication and I've spoken about workplace bullying and sometimes what happens when you're being bullied or when miscommunication happens and you have, you know, a micromanager and all of that kind of stuff. But with um, imposter syndrome, what actually happens is when we don't feel good enough at work, that rumination of what we're doing the ruminating thought of whatever it is that we're carrying in our head that can lead to self-sabotage and as a result of that even if we are very good at our job even if we know our job like you know the back of our hand and we know what we're doing we can self-sabotage to the point of not delivering in the way that we want to we know what we're capable of but we end up self-sabotaging to the extent where all of a sudden our manager or our employer will start to notice. And this is where I want to say to you that if you have ever gone through periods where you haven't felt good enough at work and, you know, you're doing the whole comparison thing and you're even questioning what you're doing there in the first place, this is what I want to say to you. And this is what I think I probably would have told myself looking back on my pause the situation and I didn't do it you are definitely good enough to be exactly where you are and you may be listening to this and you may be thinking oh it's very well for you to say so many you know you've got this business you're doing this you're doing that I'm gonna 
home you in on a very vulnerable secret, guys. I occasionally still suffer from imposter syndrome. It hasn't gone away. Even when I've had a business, I'm being very, very, very transparent with your hair. I manage it better. I do. But that doesn't mean I don't have periods when um, it doesn't come up. It does. And do you know why? It usually comes up around the time when I'm working or I'm doing something that is slightly scary. Or it comes up when I see um, someone who is doing something similar to me um, come up on my feed. And then I think, oh, my God, why am I doing this? You know, they they went to that uni, they did this. Um, you know, I don't have that knowledge in that particular area. What the heck am I doing? Why, why have I even got business? You know, those thoughts occasionally come into my head. I'm not going to lie. I'm sharing that with you and I'm being fully vulnerable here because a lot of the time I feel that people don't hide and they don't tell other people that this is what they feel like. The One of the reasons it doesn't happen to me as much and this is full transparency here. It's because I do a lot of work on myself and I realise that one of the reasons I started my business was to help all of you who listen to this podcast, to help the women out there who really, really need my help. But one of the main reasons why I started to believe in myself and know that I was good enough and walk away from imposter syndrome more and more, and as I said, it is very, very rare. It only happens maybe like a couple of times a year now. Um is because I started to realise that actually maybe one of the reasons why um, I studied careers advice and I studied psychology and I had an interest in people and I wanted to help people and I worked in schools and colleges and education and then shifted to working with women is because, right, that actually I'm meant to be exactly where I'm meant to be. All these lessons that I've had all these ups and downs and all of us have ups and downs you know I don't want to sit and pretend I'm the only person because I'm not (laughs) um but all those ups and downs have taught me something so I want you to reshift that to think about what is it that you can learn from any situation which is a bad situation at work when you've had imposter syndrome for example I know that when I've spoken to clients they've told me that sometimes when they're not being appreciated at work and some new person comes in who looks shiny, you know, the shiny person who talks the swagger and, you know, says the right things, wows everybody else. And, you know, they may have the gift of the gab, but they're not maybe producing the things that they need to produce in order to do good work. And there's someone behind the scenes doing the work, i.e. probably them. Probably a lot of my clients a lot of the time, I've heard that before, where someone else is getting the glory for their hard work and they're feeling trampled on. And so the imposter syndrome actually amplifies as a result of that. So what is it that you can do about that? Now I'm going to just share a couple of things to just really help you with this because imposter syndrome is a huge topic and I'm doing this episode more to motivate you, right? I'll put a couple of videos. There's one video in particular, a TEDx talk, that explains imposter syndrome in a, in a, a lot more detail. Um, but for me, I'm just trying to motivate you through this one because if you are feeling that, you know, you don't deserve the success, sorry, the success that you're getting, it's probably because somewhere down the line, somebody has told you that you don't deserve to be where you are right now. I know that that is exactly what happened to me. And I know that when I was bullied, that amplified for me. 
But I also know that whenever I was told um, that I couldn't do something as a child, I had two patterns that came up. And I'm sharing this with you to really, really help before I get into the tips. One of the patterns was, oh, okay, maybe they're right. Just give up. Um, And the other pattern was, um, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to prove you otherwise. And I'll give you two examples of where this has shown up in my life. The first example was when I was about six I used to go to ballet classes and um, my mum always knew I liked dancing I was always kind of very creative and I shared with you that I learned Indian classical music before on this podcast but I also wanted to learn to dance I actually wanted to learn to do tap and I ended up in the ballet class and I was really really annoyed with my mum but she told me that there wasn't any places in tap anyway everything happens for a reason and the ballet teacher told me to not come back she said I was terrible and I remember for a long time holding on to that belief that I couldn't dance, that I can't dance. And part of me still sometimes says things like, I can't dance, you know, which is a wrong belief to carry around as an adult. And I know that maybe I'm not exactly, you know, strictly material, but I am not a terrible dancer either. But that is the kind of thing that can stop somebody from even pursuing it as a hobby, guys. You know, do you understand what I mean when I say that? And the other example was, and I think I actually wrote about this in a blog post that I shared where a teacher, when I was um, 12 years old, told my mum during a parents' evening that I wouldn't make it to my GCSEs, I wouldn't even go to uni. He had that judgment about me when I was 12. I hadn't even got through my first year of secondary school, guys. I was literally in the first few months of it, right? And he had that perception about me then and there. And my mum said, oh, okay, if you think that, that's great. That's fine. That's, that's, that's your belief. But um, my daughter will go to uni. She may not be, you know, the top of the class, but she's not the bottom of the class either. And I was determined to just see that happen. And it did happen. It wasn't an easy journey, guys. And I've shared that with you guys before on the podcast on my story episode. But I'm sharing those two examples with you because sometimes when In the past, people have said you can't do something. When you do get success, you don't think that you deserve that success. You don't think that you're good enough to have that success. And that can feel really deflating because you're meant to celebrate your success. Obviously, I always say that humility is paramount in everything you do. And I'm a firm believer in that. But you can still be humble and celebrate your success too. It is possible. So now what I'm going to do is I just want to share a couple of tips to just really, really help you with imposter syndrome. The first thing that I want you to do is to think about something that you've done in your life where, you know, maybe you've done your degree or you've done a special qualification. So some of you who could be listening to this, you know, could be a HR professional, could be an accountant, could be a doctor, could have done something very, very specialised, a specialised qualification that isn't necessarily maybe um, a degree, but something specialised. If you want to celebrate your degree or master's or PhD, by all means, please do. But whatever qualification it is, celebrate it. And then write down why you deserve that qualification and why you deserve to have done that training or even a certificate. It could even be a certificate that maybe you've recently done and you're celebrating it. And because you're celebrating it, you feel good. And write down at least two or three reasons why you deserve 
to have achieved that as an achievement because I think a lot of the time we don't celebrate our successes we tend to um you know I know I've done this in the past and I still sometimes do it guys um is I tend to just go oh yeah yeah, yeah. I have like qualification and careers guidance my QCG my postgraduate that's no big deal you know like it's just a postgraduate like this and I whisper it Instead of saying, yeah, I actually do have the postgraduate in careers guidance, you know, you know, it's something where I learn about careers theories. Um, I also um, learn more about how careers advice could be delivered, etc, etc. And I know I'm deserving of this qualification because I knew that I wanted to help people and it would make a difference. So you see the difference in terms of the language there. When we celebrate something, we really, really are... Um, kind of um, really underlying the reason why we deserve that success because getting a qualification, any type of qualification, even something as simple as passing your driving test or, um, you know, getting a certificate for those of you who maybe run um, businesses where you're preparing food or you're doing something, getting a certificate that allows you to have the solid thing that you need to do that. That is a sign of success for you and you should celebrate it, definitely. So the first thing, as I said, is make sure that you do something to celebrate an achievement or a qualification, a certificate, something that you've done that you feel really, really proud of and write down two or three reasons why you deserve that and why it's important. The next thing that I want you to do to try and combat a bit of imposter syndrome is to talk to a friend, not a family member, a friend, because Family members, as much as we love them, I, I love my family members, but they are inherently biased of me. Although if my sister ever listens to my podcast, she probably won't say that. But anyway, let's not go down that road. I think all siblings have um, very kind of um, back and forth or witty conversations. Me and my sister tend to do that. Um, but family can tend to sometimes be a little bit biased. So friends can too, but I feel like friends sometimes can be a sounding board to give you that honesty without sugarcoating it too much. Uh, my friends are certainly that way anyway. Talk to a friend and ask them, you know, what and how they see you. And ask them to explain a couple of things that perhaps they think that you're really, really good at. And then maybe get them to uh, maybe also do it role reversal, get to do the exercise with your friend and say three things that you think they're particularly good at. So it could be something as simple as, you know, one of the three friends I can think of in my mind is I love how she um, and her partner interact with um, their two kids. They're both really, really calm, both level-headed, both kind of, you know... Um, well, one of them's quite strict, but the other one is very kind of like calm and they balance each other out. And I think that's what makes them a really, really successful team. Right. So try and think of really, really positive things to help celebrate what you're good at, because sometimes when people are suffering from imposter syndrome, that filters into life. Do you remember I mentioned that at the beginning? You could be feeling imposter syndrome as a parent listening to this if you're a mum, right? And you could be thinking, oh my God, they're doing it so much better than me. They managed to get their kid to bed at eight o'clock and I only managed to get my kid to bed at nine o'clock and I haven't got tuition for them. And, you know, the comparison comes up again, you know. Try and think of things where you're going to celebrate with each other, both you and a friend. And try and ask your friend something that's going to help you 
So if they say, oh, you know what, I really, really love the fact that your um, flat is super organised, you know, would you share a tip to help me be organised? Try and do it that way. And I know it sounds very, very simplistic, but seriously, things like this can really, really help us feel better because sometimes we don't know what we're good at and that can help combat the imposter syndrome because we need to understand what we're good at as well sometimes, not to give ourselves an ego boost, but to celebrate the fact that all of us have unique gifts and all of us can contribute something. The third tip that I'm going to share with you in terms of how to kind of help with your imposter syndrome a little bit is, you know, I firstly said, you know, celebrate. The second thing was to, you know, sit down with a friend and ask them, you know, what do you think I'm good at? Two or three things. And the third thing is reflectively, and this isn't going to be a little bit more of a harder one, but I want you to be honest with yourself here. Seriously, guys. Write down the things that you think trigger your imposter syndrome. For most people, feeling like they're a fake, a fraud, at a place, don't deserve success, and, you know, um, feel like their efforts haven't resulted where they should be, there are triggers to why that's happening. As I said, I gave you two of my examples of what happened to me in childhood, right? And I constantly carried around these thoughts and feelings. And so when I ended up, you know, being in this new job that I fully deserved because of my qualifications, experience, you know, I was very well suited to that job and I got along with everybody in that team. Part of the reason why I was carrying around this kind of, oh my God, I'm a fraud all of a sudden, is because the ability to do that job had taken had been taken away from me because of something bad that had happened to me. So there's obviously got to be a trigger there somewhere. So take some time to reflect on what you think is causing you to feel the imposter syndrome because my story is uniquely unique to me, but your story could be that you're feeling the imposter syndrome because everyone else in your workplace isn't a parent and you're a parent and you're feeling like, you know, um, I'm only working part-time so I can't do the same amount of work that they do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it could even be that even though you may have done a particular qualification, um, you're seeing people um, getting more opportunities than you because they're able to put themselves forward in meetings and you're not. And so as a result of that, you're missing out on opportunities to grow. So really take some time to reflect on this. If you struggle with this, please know I am always here to help you as well. I am the podcast host, but I do help um, my clients with these kind of things as well. So if you want a bit of support around this, I have got some availability to work with me at the moment in one-to-one sessions and through my um, kind of uh, more programmed uh, stuff that I have as well. I do have a program. I've got a program for one month, two months and uh, three months. And I have details around that via email but if you want to find out more about these sessions that I do and maybe consider applying for a free call um, all the links will be provided in the show notes to try and apply for a call but those are the three tips I'm going to recap over them just really really quickly the first one that I mentioned was to make sure that you uh, take some time 
to uh, make sure that you actually celebrate a qualification or something that you've done um, kind of in the past, whether it's a certificate, whether it's something that you've learned and celebrate it. And write down a few reasons why you deserve not only to have that qualification, but to celebrate it. And the second one was to talk to a friend and um, also kind of share with that friend one or two things that you see in them that you think make them not just a good friend, but a good mum, a good person. Anything that you think is going to really, really help elevate not just their confidence, but celebrate who they are. That was the second tip. And um, the third tip was about taking time to reflect and write down things that may have happened to you in the past that make you doubt your abilities and make you feel like an imposter or make you feel like a fraud or fake, um, not just at work, but in your life as well. Um, so I really, really hope that this episode has helped. As I said, I'm going to be putting some um, links in the show notes to not only the blog post I wrote, but to a TEDx talk, TEDx, sorry, talk about imposter syndrome. But if you have any questions around this and if you think you're interested in potentially working with me on a one-to-one basis, please do get in touch. Um, all the details are in the show notes. But thank you so much for listening to this episode and I really, really hope that it helps you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It means so much that you listen to this podcast and if you think this has made a difference to your day, please share it with someone else that you know. If you haven't already, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. If you want to find out more about the Career Happiness Mentor, please subscribe to our newsletter or email me. All the details are in the show notes.